KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome in, everybody. It's Miller and Condon. Good morning. Glad you're with us. Uh, We're here for the next couple of hours talking sports with you on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Lots of ground to cover. We'll recap last night. Another pretty darn good night in the world of sports for a... You know, early May day, that wasn't bad at all. We'll uh, recap the uh, Cubs, their walk-off with Bryant, who don't look now, he's back. Heating up. He is heating up, no doubt about it. I'm not sure he ever left, although last year wasn't uh, the season that uh, certainly we thought he would have. Uh, but injuries played a big role. But, man, is he looking like uh, the Chris Bryant that Cubs fans uh, came to expect here uh, after their championship season. So Cappy's going to join us today. But prior to that, Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Iowa Wild, will come on in here at about oh ten twenty five or thereabouts depending if we run over or not, which most days we do, but we'll get Joe O'Donnell to preview game number four tonight, downtown Des Moines. Yes, the Iowa Wild are still playing hockey in the Calder Cuff playoffs. They've got an opportunity to even their series at two apiece. We know for a fact there will be a game on Friday. Game five is now guaranteed downtown Des Moines before the scene shifts back for game six or Game 7, but uh, boy, it'd be nice to put these two in the win column and get back on the bus and head to Chicago just having to win one out of the last two. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. They've got work to do tonight, and Joe O'Donnell will join us to preview that one. Tickets still available, 7 o'clock puck drop. It's miserable outside. I'm not going to go out on my limb and say that you know activities are going to be canceled tonight, so you've got nothing to do. But um, look, it's hockey. It's downtown Des Moines. I-Cubs are on the road. And if you're looking to, uh, you know, get out of the... Are you still going, by the way, you and Ella? Yeah, we're... Uh, a definite maybe by the sounds of things. It's taking some conversation because she doesn't want to miss gymnastics tonight. She is very steadfast. Wednesday is gymnastics night. She likes her routine. Uh-huh. She's kind of like uh, uh-huh. Uncle Ken over there. Right. She likes her routine, and it's Wednesday, and that's gymnastics night. It's, well, it's going to change. You're going to do gymnastics Thursday. No, Daddy. Wednesday is gymnastics. Well, there's no game Thursday, but you could go Friday if, if tonight doesn't work. We got out. some family coming in. So it's tonight or nothing. It's tonight or nothing. We well, gotta get it done. Twist your daughter's arm. Have you mentioned cotton candy? Have. So you played all the cards, right? A little ice cream. It's still not working. Mm, that 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 at least made her relent a little bit. <laughs> we'll get her there tonight. We'll be at the well. Good stuff. Look forward to it. Joe O'Donnell, 1025. Cappy at 1045. Uh, lots of ground to cover with Cap. We've already taped it. We did so at 840 this morning, as we do every Wednesday with Cappy, because he's on the air at ESPN 1000. So, very... Was it the same day? Was it last Wednesday or Thursday that the news broke regarding our friend David Kaplan and his career move, you know, foregoing an opportunity to stay, uh, or to really to be the face other than the Cubs, of course, of the marquee, which is going to be the Cubs television network, uh, a spot that, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but didn't you think that that was going to be the case, that Cappy's going to be, you know, the face, um, the human face anyways, of uh, of the marquee network? Yeah, I, I thought it was a foregone conclusion. So did I. For all intents and purposes, maybe a little leverage there, but outside yeah. of that. And we and he never let on, because we, you know, we talked about that, A, mm-hmm. when we found out the network was coming, and B, when, Cap, when you found out Cappy's contract is coming to an end, we just, 
And he never let on that, um, you know, that's not even a consideration. But great. Look, it's great to have options. Cappy mm-hmm. did, and he chose the one that made him the happiest. And we'll talk to Cappy about that. Obviously, we've got a lot of Cubs. We'll do some White Sox as well. Uh, Cubs and Chris Bryan walking them off last night. Kyle Hendricks on the bump tonight. Game three of this four-game set. Although I guess it's weather permitting, right? I would have to think that that's this a good is, call. Yeah, this kind of system is making its way over there. Although, um, who knows? Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Kyle Hendricks on the bump tonight, and we will talk about that with Cappy coming up at about ten forty-five. Zuba Mahente in the eleven o'clock hour, ESPN Sports Center. He will join us as uh, we go around the world of sports with Zuba. And he was blown away by Oxford, Mississippi. He really was. He, had he a great was talking time. about it a bit last week. Yeah, and then uh, you know, over the weekend, he was texting me. He was uh, he was still there over the weekend. So uh, we'll talk to Zubin. I'm not about necessarily his travels, although I'm sure it'll come up a bit. But we'll go around the world of sports with our buddy Zubin Mahante. Trent, I don't know where we should start. I guess we have to start in St. Louis, right? There was a game seven. It was mm-hmm. a double overtime affair. It was the Blues and the Stars. The Blues aren't. I mean, I I know really one, two I can think of blues fans out there. Blues fans. Andy Fails. That would be the one. Jeff Johnson, who works for the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Okay, I, I see him on my Twitter. JJ, yeah. Wayne Whips, who's a big Cyclone fan. Whipper, they call him. Um, I know I know Whipper pretty well. I mean, I don't know pretty well. I know. I've been to his tailgate, and uh, we, we exchange text messages. And I know he's a Blues fan. So there's three. So that's three, but yeah, not a lot. But How would the market kind of go overall? We love to talk about for this hockey, football, you mean? MLB. Hockey is it? Well, I think the Minnesota Black- Wild have really cut into what I thought was the Chicago Blackhawks. If there was a hockey team in Des Moines, mm-hmm. I always thought it was the Blackhawks. Yeah, and I, th- especially with the recent run that they had, right? The three Stanley Cups, it became significant. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And it, it was easy for us to talk hockey um, and know that you know at least some of those fingers aren't going to be reaching <laughs> for. Although I'll tell you what. Over the years I've been doing this, and I, I unfortunately, you know, hockey doesn't move the needle. I get that. But it does in the playoffs. And, and I see more and more people converting, kind of like what you and I are to the NBA. Yes, yeah. We'll get there when it's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing more and more of those people finding the NHL, and in particular the NHL playoffs, and learning the game or learning, you know, about some of these teams and some of these players. Trent, there's it's spectacular. Playoff hockey is absolutely spectacular. The pressure. Pat Maroon gets the overtime winner last night. Really cool story about this guy. He's uh he's got a son who lives or resides in St. Louis. He took less money to sign a one year deal to play for his hometown team so his son could watch him. You know, son could watch dad play. And uh dad scored the winner and they cut to a picture of it was probably a ten year old son, nine, ten, eleven year old, and there's just tears running down his face. What a uh, what a really cool moment uh, for for the Maroons and a really big moment for the St. Louis Blues as they will now get the winner of a Game 7 tonight. Yes, there's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Jose is hosting the Colorado Avalanche. I kind of think the Avalanche are going are gonna to take this one. They are so fast. I hope you're wrong. You've I, got a ticket on the Sharks. i got a ticket on the yep, Sharks. I, I, know I hope you're wrong. My takeaway last night was... All the shots that Ben Bishop. Oh, he was saw. unbelievable, Trent. You know what I thought it was going to be? He I was thought so banged say, up going into it, too. Yeah, he was. That's a great point. I thought that we were going to t- come in today, and when we got around to the hockey t- conversation, we were going to mention a team that got goalied. <laughs> and I thought yeah, the St. Yeah. Louis Blues were going to get goalied because last night. Because, to me, from my amateur eyes, 
The Blues were a lot better team last they night. They were, except I thought in overtime. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. In overtime, the Stars got it going, and I don't know if that was just frustration out of the Blues because they'd thrown everything, literally everything, at Ben Bishop, and they couldn't solve him. Yeah. It was unbelievable. That's what goaltending does. Bishop was great, even in a loss, and I think he's a St. Louis native as well, The Ben Bishop, the goalie for the Dallas Stars. But the Blues move on. Um, good for them. And good for us to have at least a semi-local... I, I mean, guess. if it, it's stars, sharks, no, right, right. But we'll blues, still talk about it. We can, as opposed to a twenty-second cursory glance, mm-hmm. maybe we can go a couple minutes. Well, Colorado's going to be a, play a big factor tonight because they got some unbelievable talent. This kid, Kale McCarr, won the Hobie Baker Trophy this year, which is the Heisman Trophy for college hockey. Um, and then a couple days kid. later, he's playing in the and NHL scores a goal plays. in his first his, his first play his first game in the NHL is a playoff game, and he scores a goal. He's unreal. Nathan McKinnon is one of the best players in the world, in the absolute world. Nova Scotia kid. He's the kid. Remember when I talk about where Lindell Wigington's yeah, from? Yeah, and I always bring up well, Sidney Crosby's from that province, and. Oh, so by the way, is Nathan McKinnon. I know most of you don't know him. Who? Nathan McKinnon is a star, an absolute megastar uh, in the NHL. So anyways, uh, Game 7 in that series tonight, for the, the winner will take on the Blues. NBA last night, Trent, they were... Look, I was glad the Raptors won, and I love the I love this Raptors story. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily you know, I'm, you're Canadian, so you're going to root for the Raptors. I get that. I'm not a Raptors fan per se. Love the fact that Nick Nurse is part of it. That is, that's the big part for me. Absolutely, me too. And I like the Kawhi Leonard story, and I hope he stays. I know he won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but that's that's pretty cool. The uh, the whole Nick Nurse thing, and man, uh, a, a guy from Carroll, Iowa, is about to well. Don't want to get too ahead of myself, but it's close to coaching in the Eastern Conference Final. I love watching Pascal Siakam. Yes, isn't he something? He's really good, Trent. So he was he was the was he the best Raptor last night? I thought so. Yeah, I did too. And I completely missed this guy. I thought he was a player that just came over from across the pond. Who? Siakam. Oh, you talking back to Siakam again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't think. That's what I just assume. Uh huh. Because I don't remember him collegiately. I, I don't either. I don't either. And even guys that are on mid majors, low majors. So he was a mid major guy, right? He didn't play in the Power Five. He didn't, but he played at New Mexico State, okay. who was a tournament team yes, most years. Yes, absolutely. I don't know. I'd have to look at basketball reference if his teams got there, but I don't remember this guy I at don't all. I don't either. I don't remember the name during draft time, any kind of thing like that. And to see a guy like this develop. And what year is he now? Fifth year, I think. Is that like that? Yep. Say four, but I'll four, take fourth, your word. Fourth, fifth year, yeah, right in that range. Mm-hmm. He was really good last night. He was. Lowry was good early in the basketball game. Leonard was Leonard. You know, we talked about yesterday, or I did, and uh, the three most unstoppable players mm-hmm. in, in the playoffs right now. You know who needed to be on? We, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I'm to take him beat off. I mean, he is, but he can't play enough. He's just, you get. One good, three bad, and it's not that he's a bad player in those other three. No. It's just physically he's limited. And you know you're going to get Y. Leonard and Kevin Durant. Yes. And those other guys are going to be out there every single uh-huh. time. And they could have bad games themselves. That's mm-hmm. not to say that, but Embiid's bad is can be really bad, at least yeah. in comparison. Right. And that team as a whole, and, and him, the combination of him and Simmons – it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with Butler in the mix now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can see where you're coming Simmons from. Simmons can't shoot. No, he or won't shoot. Embiid can shoot, but then he's posting up in there, and the only thing Simmons can do is drive, and it clogs up the middle. And just good defensively, Simmons. That combination of players, I mean, they're both incredibly talented. Uh huh. 
I still think there is tons of upside still in Ben Simmons. I don't know if it'll ever be tapped, but mm-hmm. I still think it is in there. And the shooting is a big part of it. But that combination of guy and it, it, personalities aside, th- this isn't personality thing. And Embiid, you know, it's kind of different. Butler's got a different character. This is on the basketball floor. I just don't see. I don't see how their games can continue to mesh going forward. And we talked about the Celtics and what they need to do to retool. It might just be Kyrie moving on, but I think the Sixers are kind of looking at the same kind of thing. Those two guys. You hate to give up on young talent, but the fit. It doesn't mesh. Yeah, it just doesn't yeah. work. I got you. Um, where I started to go here, uh, the kid in Denver, Jokic. Um, yes, Jokic. Jokic probably needs to be on that list. You're putting him out there. He's, huh? pretty, he's pretty dominant, is he not? I mean, he's a pretty damn good player. I remember seeing him a couple of years ago for the first time, and, and just the way that Denver played through him, and every single time go to him at the top of the key, and he hands off, and they weave off of him, and guys going in and out and his passing ability and all these things. Do you know he, James Harden, controls a game Mm -hmm. by himself? Yes. Over the course, though, of a game, I heard the synergy numbers that are like the NBA stats that they put out. The person that has the most control of the basketball in the NBA, and it's not even close, is Jokic. It's not I would never guess that in a million years. I I thought the exact same thing. Because watching a game, it doesn't seem that. It's not Harden. But he brings it up. At times, but every single possession, they go through him. And usually it starts at the top, mm-hmm. and then he'll go down to the block, or he'll fade back out and run and screen roll. But his usage rate in that, in the time that he possesses the ball, stops in the NBA. Monty Morris made a couple of shots. As, yes! Uh, both, both of the games last night really got got out of hand. Uh, hopefully tonight's are better. Uh, fingers crossed on that. Game so let's five. Rockets. No, I know. Warriors. Pretty pivotal, is yes. it not? Indeed it is. All right, baseball last night. Uh, Mike Fires, uh, the uh, no-hitter in Oakland. Uh, for those of you who saw it, I mean, Cincinnati and Oakland in front of 11,000 people. That was what Late night? start. Yeah, but right, they were delayed. I, yeah. You're right about that. I forgot all about that. Not like the bees yesterday that we talked about. What what, what stopped, uh, what prevented that? Was it, was it rain I think it Oakland? was rain, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Um, do you remember these? I mean, it's been a long time ago, 40-something years. Remember, well, you weren't being born yet. That was the World Series matchup in 72, I want to say. Oakland won it over the Reds, and then the Reds would win, you know, the big red machine in oh, the yeah, 70s yeah. But um, A's won that World Series in 1972. I don't I, I mean, I can remember, obviously, Rolly Fingers and, and Reggie Jackson, Sal Bando, Joe Rudy, Gene Tennis. Bert Campanaris, you ever heard of these guys? Campanaris, yeah. Uh, Catfish Hunter, he's yes, a Hall of Famer. Yes, there's one, yes. Um, yeah, 1972. So I started thinking about this last night watching the, watching the highlights. Oakland Alameda Coliseum. Mm-hmm. They're still playing baseball there. Right, yes, yeah. <clears throat> it's one, it's, I mean, obviously, Fenway, Wrigley, Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium. And then Big H, Gap. Or is it the Angels? Oh, that's a good one because they started out at the Rose Bowl is where the Angels first played. And, and then they moved to their new stadium yeah. in, what, the late 60s? And the Rose Bowl, if you ever seen a picture of the, its configuration for baseball. I've seen that. It's nuts. Left field is like 210. Really? And they put up chicken wire. Literally <laughs> chicken wire. They're not going to build a fence there. Mm-hmm. Not going to build a green monster. Put up chicken wire. So you had to hit it over the chicken wire to hit a home run. Is that right? Google that. I will. Someday. I have to do that because I think the did the Dodgers play at the Coliseum before their stadium when they left Brooklyn. I think they maybe that's I didn't what know I think that. of the Coliseum. Yeah, but you, I don't remember the Rose Bowl. Yeah, 
I got I'll it. give you the call to see him. Yeah. What one of the two, wherever it was, wherever they did play baseball, uh-huh. the chicken wire because right? there's short porch mm-hmm. out there in left field. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh Cubs last Cubs last night, five two. Um <clears throat> look, Chris Bryant is is he Chris Bryant again, Trent? He certainly has had a good couple of weeks. Trending that direction. I think so too. Yeah. I do I do. I think so too. And one thing we talked about, his slow start. A big part, I think, well, the batting average wasn't great. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of pop there. The reason that I was still at least optimistic about a turnaround from him after what we saw last season is he was still patient up there. He's, he still looked the part. He still looked like Chris Bryant. Results weren't there. But when you watched the guy, you could tell he had a game plan going into the at-bat. He knew what he was going to do. It wasn't a guy up there flailing. It wasn't a guy looking lost at the plate. Hits weren't falling in. He wasn't driving it to the gaps, mm-hmm. but and he still was drawing walks. His on base percentage was still really good, you know, even during that first what probably three weeks, four weeks, yeah, like probably so, right in that range. Yeah. But now here's Chris Bryant again. Boy, he's been uh, he's been good, no doubt about it. Uh, Almora, a big home run last night. Good to see him coming around. We know Rizzo's hot as hell. Baez has been maybe the MVP of that team so far this year. Uh, Lester was good. I mean, I didn't watch a ton of it, I'll be honest with you. I was in Game 7, but when I would flip over between periods or during commercials, i got to give the Marlins credit. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they had the lead in this baseball game, a uh, brief one, uh, before the uh, Cubs came back and tied it up. But, look, they, they came back and beat them on Monday night, gave them all they wanted last night. And this is a bad baseball team who's playing at. Uh, you know, where do the Cubs go or have next? Do you know? Offhand, I, I know don't. that the series doesn't end till tomorrow. They have a day game tomorrow against the against the Marlins, and then uh, the Brewers come in. The Brewers come to town. Wow! Yes, great. Remember that Sunday night baseball again? That's this week? right. You said that uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, the and they Sunday even night... it during the broadcast that they're going to be there back to back weeks. So we get the perfect Friday afternoon, one twenty first pitch. Love it. Milwaukee, Chicago, Sunday night baseball again. Then they go on a road trip. Cincinnati and Washington is uh, the road trip that they go on next before they come home for the Phillies and Reds the following week. Uh, isn't this time slot great? By the way, we're home in first pitch at one twenty. <laughs> I'm t- look at there's a sp- we're so glad to be here. Yes, but put parking us from ten to noon. I. Deal. <laughs> Love the time. I absolutely do, too. It's not too late to go back to yesterday. You can mm-hmm. take a look at it tonight anyways. Uh, we are going to talk to Joe O'Donnell. We're also going to hear from David Kaplan uh, coming up. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Again, we tape Cappy every Wednesday at about 8.40 or thereabouts. So it's it's not dated. I don't think anything's, well, hopefully nothing's going to break between now and then that, well, why didn't those idiots ask him about that or this or whatever the case may be? All right, Trent. It's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword hockey to 200-200 right now. Enter to win $1,000 cash. That's hockey to 200-200 standard message and data rate supply. And that's appropriate because we got Joe O'Donnell coming up. That is working out perfectly. It was the Coliseum I was thinking of. It was the Coliseum. I thought it was. 251. So, uh, down the left field line, huh? And how long did they play there? They played there. Let's see if it has it listed here. Started 57, construction, scrolling through. It's like maybe three years, something okay. like that. And the, uh, yeah. how long were the Dodgers there? Do you know? Because uh, I think they started four. there. Yes. Four years there, So too. I wonder if the Angels did start at the Big A. No, I don't think so. Had to be another stop in there somewhere. I think there was. Angels, ballpark history. There you go. 
Have you been there? I've been there once. I haven't. I was there, and I'm going to say either 1990 or 1991. And you know what I remember? A couple of things. Uh, I saw the Orioles and Cal Ripken. But B, the, my biggest, my biggest, I have no idea who, who won the game or anything like that. But they sold sushi at the ballpark. Oh. And uh, this is 1990, and I was blown away that ballpark food in Los Angeles, maybe one of my first trips ever to L.A., you know, heard all about the other lifestyle out there in California, and those people are different, and sushi at the ballpark. <laughs> Doesn't sound great. Yeah, I mean, you'll wonder. The Angels began playing at Wrigley Field. What? Los Angeles' is Wrigley Field. It seated 21,000, two decks. So they, uh, in what year? 19, da, 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 scrolling through here, 1961 is when they started. Wrigley Field was used for a variety of events and demolished in 1969. That's where they started. I didn't know that. I Angels before today. the Big A started, that's where they were. Wrigley Field of Los Angeles. Wrigley Field of L.A. <laughs> I didn't know that. All right, we'll take a timeout. Joe O'Donnell's going to join the program next. Cappy in 20 minutes. I uh, just got a text. Angels started at Wrigley Field. How about that? Before we had then? it. I think this guy might have beat us. Oh, yeah, probably did. He's listening to us in Guttenberg, Iowa. Guttenberg. Indeed. Uh, time out. Come back. Uh, Joe Donald, voice of the wild, Cappy, Zuba Mahente, before we get out of here at noon. We're Miller and Condon. Glad you're with us on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station 1460. KXNO. Frank Game 4. Downtown Des Moines, Wells Fargo Arena. Calder Cup playoffs continue. Your Iowa Wild trail 2-1. to one. Sunday got back in this series as they shut out the Wolves to zip the Hamburglar uh, with the shutout. Joe O'Donnell is the voice of the Iowa Wild. If you can't be at the game tonight, they'll drop the puck shortly after 7, pregame 6.45, and Joe joins us. Joe, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Joe O'Donnell. How are you? Good fellas, what's going on? Well, how good was Andrew Hammond on uh, on Sunday afternoon? The score would uh, tell me that he was terrific. Uh, and not the sole reason, but certainly a big reason why they're back in this series. How good was he? He was really good. Um, early in games, when he looks the way he did Sunday, you just get the sense that he might be able to, to whitewash him. And I've seen that a lot from him in the, his first year here with the organization where you know, early in games, pucks are sort of sticking to him. As head coach Tim Army talks about, he's absorbing shots, not a lot of rebounds, not a lot of wasted motion and movement in net. Uh, he just looks calm. He just looks ready to go. And when you get that from him, he's pretty darn good. Offensively, uh, this team certainly a couple of the top goal scorers in these playoffs for the Calder Cup. Offense coming along here. Going forward, is this more likely Hammond puts his team on the back and leads them on? Or it's the offense that carries them. If you had to pick one, which direction would you head? Guys, I still think this is a 2-1, 3-2 type of series mm. every night. Yep. And really, so far, we've seen 3-2, 4 3 And that two came into an empty net with a minute left on Sunday to, to put the win away for Iowa. So I still think – I don't expect anything to change. I don't think either team expects anything to change. Both teams know what the other one's trying to do. It's going to be – going to be competitive it's going to be gritty it's probably going to be 30 shots to 28 shots at the end of the night i mean that's just the way these two teams have played all year long so now the two sides including the regular season fellas have played 11 times okay and mm-hmm. in those games each team has scored 28 goals 
<laughs> I mean, it's wild. It's pretty crazy. And I think we've had nine one goal games or eight one goal games out of the 11. So um, it's going to be like that. And, you know, I think both teams expect a long series. Now, obviously, the Wild have to win tonight. You know, they yep. get Sunday and get back in the series is nice. But if you go down 3 1, it might be darn near impossible to beat Chicago three straight times. Mm. So they need this one tonight. No, I agree with you. Uh, how have they handled the last couple of days? I'm assuming, I mean, you guys coming off that long, long roadie, yes, you got a day off on Saturday, if you will, if you want to call it that. But this two days, I think, is going to go a long way to really helping this hockey club. Sure, the Wolves get the break themselves, and I thought the Wild needed it more. Were they off entirely on Monday and skated yesterday? Is that how the, the, the Coach Army did it? You got it, Kenny. You're spot on, and I couldn't agree more. I think that the extra time off in this series benefits the Wild. They were a group that played seven games in 13 days or whatever it was between the start of the first round and the first two games at All-State Arena in this series. To get some time, you know, wasn't a lot, but to get a little bit of time there before Sunday's game and then to get Monday off completely couldn't have done anything but help this team. Ten goals in the second period during this playoffs. Any reason behind that or just... That's hockey. Um, I wish I I wish I had that answer for you, Trent. I think it's a good point you bring up because certainly if a trend like that continues, you're you're feeling like a lot of times, you know, pundits, coaches, whoever will tell you the second period sets up the game, right? No matter how you start the game, you can set yourself up for a strong finish to the game with a good second period. A lot of momentum can be built. Then you come out in the third, maybe you've either cut the deficit, maybe you maybe you've extended your lead, maybe you've taken the lead. Uh, so the second period can kind of be that momentum shifting period, and uh, so far the Wild done a nice job in second period this year, and uh, that's the regular season too, and that's important. I don't know if that's adjustments. I don't know if that's the the locker room leaders getting the guys together mm-hmm. and saying, hey, you know, something needs to change that they didn't like in the first, but. Um, certainly it's something to keep our eyes on as this playoff run moves along. Uh, Mayhew's uh, really filling the net. you got a lot of guys are that are, that are scoring goals. He's one of them. You can really see his, his, his tracking towards you know, the season that he's had, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's coming around. He's, he's starting to hit his prime right now, and he's carried that over into the playoffs. Yeah, it's been an outstanding run. I mean, if Iowa makes a run, possibly wins a championship, you're talking about a guy that could be you know, playoff MVP, yeah, those so type far. of numbers already. I know it's early in the playoffs still. You know, they have the Wild have four wins, and you need 15 to get it done. But to have seven goals already in the span for Jerry Mayhew has been, and they're big goals too, obviously. Um, that's great. And you know what, for him, he's a guy that's on an American Hockey League contract. So many of the players that are going to take the ice tonight and Friday night in this series are NHL contract mm-hmm. guys. There might be four combined AHL guys uh, in both lineups that'll dress that are on AHL contracts. And Mayhew's one of them. Uh, he's going to get himself an NHL contract this summer. You can bet your house on it. I don't know who's going to give it to him, but somebody will after the two years he's put up now back-to-back at this level. Joe, uh, I want to go inside baseball or inside hockey, if you will, here. So you got to call an empty netter to put the game away on Sunday. Is it different when you're you're sitting there, you play-by-play, you got your sheets up there, you got your spotting boards, you're ready to go? As a play-by-play, knowing the possibility of that empty netter, does it change anything that you have to do there when you're calling the game? I try not to get as worked up over an empty netter because mm-hmm. it's an empty netter. Yeah, but uh, in a moment, that was like a pretty big day, one. Yes, yeah, it's a pretty big one. <laughs> yeah. You know, that pretty much says we're back in this thing. Um, so I was a little bit more excited than for like your regular season empty netter that makes it you know four one in a three one game. Yeah, you know what, Joe? Honestly, and, I, and I'm happy for you because I think that uh, look, you've been here since the team moved here, and 
you know, people are, are really starting to get a grasp of, of how good you are at your craft. And you're very good, Joe. And, and look, at I know we talk and, you know, it's easy for me to say this. But, look, I, I've, I've grown up listening to guys call hockey games all of my life. Joe, you're very good at what you do. Thanks, Kenny. I appreciate that. And, and look, it's a fun time of year for everybody. This is what the games are all about. I couldn't be more excited to be on the air right now. This team's been awesome to watch. I've always said my job's way easier when you've got a good hockey team. The, the game sells itself. Yep. It's just my job to tell you what the hell's going on. and uh, It's been awesome. I love the big moments. I love the big goals just as much as the fans and the players and the, and the coaches do. I mean, this is, there's no better time of year than right now. You see it at the NHL yep. level down here at the American Hockey League. It, it's been great. No, no doubt about it. All right, key to the game tonight, Joe, is what? I think, again, getting that first goal. The Wild have uh, been darn good this year when they get the first one. We haven't seen a lot of lead changes in this series. I don't expect that to change. I think you've got to get off to a good start. The crowd has been awesome. The atmosphere has mm-hmm. been awesome at Wells Fargo Arena. Come on out tonight or Friday night. The fans have been, and you know, they've been an impact. The players and coaches to a man have talked about it. They can feed off this crowd. So get off to a good start. Get Hammond settled in the game early. Chicago's going to make their push. Yep. You know, they don't want to go 2-2 knowing that Friday night is back here in this building again. Um, so they're they're going to make their push, and I expect a really good hockey game. No doubt about it. Joe, we will lock you in for Friday. We'll preview game number five. Uh, hopefully it's 2-2. That'd be awesome if it's 2-2 with the pivotal game Friday downtown Des Moines. I think the building's going to be packed on Friday, Joe. I think it's going to be an outstanding playoff hockey into it crowd. I've seen a lot of video from, you know, goals, etc. a lot of crowd shots. Man, oh man, the wild jerseys in the stands, they are into it. Joe, uh, we'll talk to you on Friday. Thanks for coming on. Puck drop tonight at 7. Tickets still available. Wells Fargo Arena. Playoff hockey, folks. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Joe Donald, voice of the Iowa Wild. I mean that trend. He's very good yeah. at what he does. He's a good hockey announcer. I haven't hear, heard nearly as much as you, but I've heard plenty. I've uh, board-opt uh, games back in the day. He's really good. No, he's good. And, yeah. and you know what? The community's getting to know. They're getting to know the Wild, mm-hmm. uh, and they're getting to know Joe O'Donnell. And um, it took a playoff run to do this, but um, the community's accepting. Look, hockey's growing here. Yes, it's growing, I mean, and the Wild have been a big oh, part of that. Oh, a huge the, part. The way that they have outreached, opening it. rinks all yes. around the community, yep. going into schools and, and and floor hockey. Which yep. did you play floor hockey as a kid? We did. Yes, in your gym is so much fun. Boy, yes, it, it was is. A blast playing. There. I'd have to sit on the stage quite a bit for checking people into the bleachers. Would you? <laughs> They'd send you off for a couple. <laughs> I got a little too aggressive with other people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the Wild have been great. They're active in the community. Uh, look, they fit. They fit. All of the all of our teams fit. All of them very busy in the off season, going around and, and spreading their message, uh, and it makes Des Moines a better place to live. We will take a time out. We've got Cappy coming up next. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Trent and I are here until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. Bring you streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio. This is fourteen sixty KXNO. All right, welcome back. Uh, thanks to Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Iowa Wild. Again, the Iowa Wild continue their Calder Cup playoff push tonight. Game number four against the Wolves. Uh, downtown Des Moines tonight as they look to even up that series of two. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for us to speak with David Kaplan on a weekly basis. This week is no different. Cappy, first of all, Trent and Ken, congratulations on what must have been a difficult decision. We know you're passionate uh, for your passion for Cubs baseball 
and to stay at uh, NBC Sports Chicago, um, you know, we, we know the circumstances. That's not going to lead you to maybe the uh, opportunities to talk Cubs like you've done uh, over this last little while as Cubs are leaving uh, for their own network, the marquee. Congratulations, Cap. Thank you very much. Uh, look, I'll get to talk as much Cubs in terms of you know, my day-to-day on Sports Talk Live and any new programming that we do, but I will not get to host their pre- and post-game show, which I've done. This is my 25th mm. consecutive year as the voice of the Chicago Cubs. So, you know, that's uh, it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. It's been a dream of mine to work around that team. And I'm so excited about where I think NBC Sports Chicago is headed. So this wasn't me saying no to something else. It was me saying yes. And as I told somebody in the media in Chicago, before my dad died, I remember having dinner at my mom and dad's house. And we were talking. And my dad said, so what's your goals with your career? Because my dad was an attorney who loved the law and hated the practice of law. Hmm. And said to me, "Are you? would you like what you do? I said, yeah, I want to make more money. This is way back. My dad died almost 20 years ago, and I said, yeah, I want to make more money, take care of my family, all of that, but I wake up every day happy. And he goes, well, then let me just give you this piece of advice. Don't run from happiness. Mm-hmm. Don't let it be about the almighty dollar. And so I've always tried to keep that in my mind. It's not always easy, but for me, this was an easy decision. Well, Cap, it's your, I think it's uh, based on relationships that you've grown over the years at uh, NBC Sports Chicago, and I know that would have been difficult to, to leave. The opportunity really, it's, as Trent and I saw it, and maybe we saw it incorrectly, to be the face uh, of that. I mean, the Cubs are the face. I get that. But you would have been the you know the personality face, if you will. Seemingly, that's what we thought you were headed to. But relationships mean a lot, though, Cap. Yeah, relationships mean a ton, and I would think my relationships won't change with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they were great. They, it was attractive. It was interesting. It would, you know, a chance to be part of something brand new that they've never done before. But again, like the guy I work for at NBC Sports Chicago, Kevin Cross, is amazing. My partners that I work with there, phenomenal. My two producers, Tom Cooper and Danny Wysocki, awesome. And so I wake up every day and go, I can't wait to get to work. Is it going to be we're talking about Chris Bryant's walk-off? Are we talking about the Bears getting another kicker? Are we talking about the Bulls in the lottery? Like there's so much going on, and I'm blessed. But, Cap, have you taken a moment to think game one next year, opening day for the Cubs and not being on pre and post, what that's going to be like for you? That's a great question. Hmm. My wife asked me that Hmm. the night before I agreed to this deal. And she said, just understand, hon, that next year when the game is on marquee and you come home and we're sitting there watching the game having dinner and you look (laughs) up and someone's sitting in your seat, are you going to be okay with that? And I am. Mm. I am going to be okay with that. Had they not won it in 2016 and I never got to be the guy that was on TV when they won, I guess that would have probably been something that – would have been a harder decision. I might have still made the same decision. I think I would have. I hope I would have. But the fact that I was there that night in Cleveland and did the post-game show on their channel for four straight hours, reveling in the fact that this team that I so closely aligned with and so loved with all my heart uh, won the World Series, 
that made it a lot easier. Mm. David Kaplan is our guest in Cherry and Stone of Iowa makes it possible. Well, Cub, uh, Cap, the uh, the Cubs uh, put one in the win column last night, dramatic fashion. I think we can put this Chris Bryant uh, slump, not the same player narrative to rest. He's been not. I'm not just talking about last night. He's been really good the last couple of weeks. Started on the road, I believe, in Arizona. Might have been the uh, starting point of this. Uh, Chris Bryant getting back to being Chris Bryant. He's been really good lately, Cap. Yeah, he's been absolutely sensational. Uh, Chris Bryant has been locked in for quite a while. We talked about this last week or two weeks ago, and Chris Bryant was close. He kept telling us at the park, I'm close. I'm telling you. I'm seeing the ball better. I feel more comfortable. And anybody that would listen, he kept saying when he was asked, my shoulder is 100%. Listen to me. My shoulder is 100%. I'm fine. I'll be okay. And I guess he's quieted all the doubters because I have a stat that I used on radio this morning on ESPN 1000, and I'm going to read you this stat. And this is prior to yesterday's game, uh, prior to the game uh, when he hit the walk-off. Last seven days, Anthony Rizzo, 409, four homers, 11 knocked in. Wilson Contreras, 471, mm. two homers and an OBP of 545. Chris Bryant, 316, two home runs, seven RBIs, and now you can add three home runs and 10 RBIs. So these guys are heating up at the right time. You know, and another thing about this team, and, and I've really seen it over the last couple of weeks, is just their patience at the plate. And th- this is something that goes way back in the day with Theo, but getting guys that understand plate discipline, working counts, getting starting pitching. And pitching, of course, is so much different in today's baseball. And you see guys, hey, you get four out of a starter. Sometimes you're happy with that. But that's the reason I love watching this Cubs team is just seemingly every guy up and down that lineup, they're going to grind out at bats. Yeah, they but the approach is back to where it was 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that's all Anthony Iaposi, but he's obviously going to get some of the credit, and deservedly so. But these are really, really good players. And for whatever reason, there was a hangover after a 108-year drought, and they win the World Series. And Rizzo has talked about it openly, and he talked about it with the Red Sox in spring training when they played. He said, these guys are asking me, dude, how do you get yourself back up so quickly? And he said, the, the losses won't hurt as much. They just won't. You'll lose a game in April, May, June, and you'll be like, yeah, whatever, we'll play tomorrow. Uh, but he said, now that we haven't won it for two years, yeah, we're ticked off. He goes, 17, we don't win. 18 ends horribly for us. And that's a tough statement when you won 95 games. He goes, we showed up this year and went, okay, this sucks. We're getting back to where we were. And that approach looks to be grinding at bats. It's working. Hmm. Cappy, so was Kyle Hendricks working last time we saw him Friday night. Of course, he'll take the bump tonight. Goes nine innings, throws, what, 81 pitches, complete game, unbelievable. Two out of his last three have been really good, Cap, and that comes on the heels of, you know, what he would call a slow start. What's he done different lately? He has gotten, first of all, in a routine where he's pitching every fifth day, and he talks about Every fifth day is much better for him. When he's overly strong, his ball stays up. And when the ball stays up, that's a bad thing because he's not a guy that's going to live at the top of the zone. What he's able to do is locate and command his fastball at 87, 
but he's keeping it on the corners. Then he'd be able to mix in a curveball a little bit, and then he's able to mix in his changeup, which is his best pitch. Well, all of that, and the hitters last night, the Jesus and Glanville said to me, hey, man, I'm just telling you, when you see 87 and then you see the sink and you see the dive and the curveball, and all of a sudden you get a fastball chest high, it looks like 95 to you. And that's what he's been able to mix and do. Another guy on the bump we saw Monday, and uh, we'll leave the ninth inning alone, that disaster that happened. But before that, Carl Edwards Jr., he came down here to Iowa, did his work, figured out what he was doing and what he tried to change in spring training with that routine out there on the bump. But goes in, inning pitch, not a high leverage situation in a May game against Miami, but I thought he looked confident out there. Your thoughts on Edwards going forward? Uh, I think he's in a different place. He says he's in a different place. Look, Iowa's a beautiful place. I love eating at the Drake Diner. But <laughs> it's not Charters and Ritz-Carlton's right. and Four Seasons and the Peninsula. It's just a little bit different. And so he said it was a humbling experience. He's ready to roll. Cap, uh, the White Sox week since the last time we spoke, I know they won two straight over the Indians. Well, I think three or four they lost to the Red Sox, who may or may not be riding their ship. But uh, what's the White Sox week been like? The White Sox week has been much better uh, look, they are getting better starting pitching as of late. Ivan Nova beats the Indians. Lucas Giolito beats the Indians. And if they can continue and go out and add a couple of starters, see, that's the problem. They're not going to be able to go out and compete if they don't add more starting pitching. The problem is you lose Carlos Rodon and you don't want to bring Dylan Cease up yet. Those are you know, big pieces that you need, and you have starting pitching on the shelf. That's an issue. No Kopech, no Rodon. That means no division title. It means no playoffs. So over to the Bears, Cap. And last week they brought in, what, eight different kickers to kick? <laughs> Lined them up, uh, the same kick that they saw in the playoffs a year ago. And six of the eight guys missed it. I, I guess the good news is two made it? <laughs> two made it, and then they went out and traded for another guy. So, And the other guy, if you go on the uh, Internet, you can find it. Uh, Eddie Pinero made a 81-yarder. Now, again, there's no rush. There's no snap. It's, you know, on his little kicking holder. But 81 yards down the middle. Okay, let's bring him to camp. Let's see what he can do. Mm. David Kaplan, Cappy, thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. I look forward to it, and hopefully the Cubs are still in first place. Indeed. Thanks, pal. See you, boys. See you. Uh, David Kaplan. Uh, who's staying at NBC Sports Chicago. We'll get into that in a second, Trent, but I want to remind everybody again about our friends at Centurion Stone. And whether you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size, uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa offers a variety of styles, patterns, colors for every need. Don't take my word for it. Stop by the showroom or check them out online. Check them out online first, Centurion Stone of Iowa, if you're so inclined, and then go visit them uh, at the shop. Their showroom is at 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. It'll overwhelm you. There are a variety of colors. They weren't uh, stretching the truth at all when they put that uh, in in the spot. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for us to speak with David Kaplan on a weekly basis, and we're happy uh, to have that relationship. Well, Trent, you heard him say, um, you know, 25 years. He's, and you asked a great question. You know, opening day next year, they're at Wrigley or they're on the road wherever. It'll be somebody else sitting beside David DeJesus or whoever's in mm-hmm. that spot. And then at the end of the game, Cappy won't be there to recap it for the first time. That's got to – and that'll be different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you do any kind of job for that long, uh-huh. 
and then to do it on top of it for a team that you root for. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a guy that bounced around and he was in, well, he was working in Knoxville, Tennessee, and then right. he went to Philadelphia and L.A. This is his home. This is his home. This is the job that he wanted. And, yeah, that's got to be tough to, to – obviously he had the opportunity for it. If oh, he, sure. If he wanted to go be pre and post at Marquee, Mm-hmm. And as the uh, athletic wrote about in their media piece, have six different shows about Cappy circles centered around him. Yeah. He could have done it. He yeah. could have been the face of that network. But. And everyone thought he was going to be. And and I wonder how much that affected. And I don't care what he's getting paid, but mm-hmm. he had a little leverage here in oh, this negotiation, yeah, yeah. which obviously he wanted. He's in a mm-hmm. good spot, and you know he made his decision. And but uh, boy, he had some leverage. Well, and you know, and one thing he talked about is the people that you work for. And how important that is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and our boss downstairs and, and mm-hmm. what a person that he is. And I've just got to know him over the last five months. But those things are important. It's not just what you're doing front facing, what we're doing in front of the microphone. There are a lot more layers and a lot more pieces to that. And Cap, just a smart guy. I mean, you can tell he is very thoughtful in this process. This wasn't just a money grab. There, there was a lot more that went into it, but yeah, it is going to be tough that first time. No doubt. When he's not there. And who do you think? It, do you have any name at all? I was going to ask Cap, and maybe we can speculate later this summer. I can't think of anybody in that role in Chicago. No, I can't either. David Haw, but he's kind of a, he's a Bears guy and he, he does is. morning radio out there. Right. Nah, Teddy Greenstein, no, he's no. not a TV guy. Right. He's very versatile and a great writer, but he's in the newspaper business. And mm-hmm. sadly, you know, we know where theirs are going, or those are going, unfortunately. Boy, I wonder, who are we missing? I was thinking, you know, some of the the Cubs writers. Nah, but to do TV? Right. To host TV? Somebody from the athletic? Is there anybody that has that kind of versatility? Chet Kopik, who was loved. I mean, he just passed away in a car accident. I'm not sure that he would have been the guy or not. Um, that's a good question. That's a good one for for Cap next week. In mm-hmm. fact, write yourself a note. I'm not going to steal that question from you. That's your question. That's a good question. Uh, what about this Cubs team? What's still... Is, is, is the... When you look at the roster, whether it's starters, bullpen, everyday players, mm-hmm. is you, Darvish, the most glaring glaring concern right now because and he'll start tomorrow in the getaway game um he's not been good what he hasn't been the you know cups and brass fans teammates everybody involved they need to see you darvish go out and pitch seven innings would it be it certainly it's him because we have we seen seven innings before i don't believe we he's have. got to the sixth one time is that right since he's been a cub one yes. time he's got to the six yes. hasn't gotten through seven Maybe we need to walk before we run on that one. The other Here, guy, here's his here's his year, Trent. I'm going to go back through him. Four four innings, six, five, five and two thirds, five and a third, four, two and two thirds. That's his last seven starts. His the, seven starts this year. The other guy, Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, but every now and then he <laughs> when bat meets ball, he's got two homers. I know, fifteen hits. Yeah, they, you know what? His stock was never higher after his rookie year. Nope. And that if they were going to move him, that would have been the time. Because remember how he was such an adventure in the outfield? Yes. Oh, my God, he was an adventure. And he's become adequate. Yeah, he's okay. He's, yeah. He's, I mean, he's athletic. He's still, for the, for a guy his size, man, mm-hmm. he can get down to first in a hurry. Yeah, big dude, but he mm-hmm. can, I mean, he is not the absolute adventure that he was out there. You've seen the standings in the Central. We should probably mm-hmm. should have brought them up. I mean, Cubs lead by half a game over the Cardinals and Brewers and two and a half backs at the Pirates. This race, my God. 
And and the Reds, they have a positive run differential. In fact, not only is it positive, they're 21 up. That's oh, a, so they're just not over the Mendoza line. What, are they really? With with that, with their 36 games that they have played, I think Baseball Perspective has it that their record with a plus 21 run differential, they should be four games above 500. Well, got blanked and no hit last night. They did. <laughs> Mike Fears. Yes. Uh, we will take a timeout. Actually, we're out of hours, so we'll come back with the 11 o'clock hour. Zuba Mahente is going to join us. We're Miller and Condon. We're glad you're with us. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.